We're going to read tonight uh, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, um, uh, these short two verses. Will you read these with me? As Jesus came out of the temple and was going away, his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. Then he asked them, you see all these, do you not? Truly I tell you, not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, come on. I'm sorry that we told you, okay? It's part of being in a relationship. Eventually, you get used to these annoying little things that bug you at first. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you got used to Lily's loud chewing, right? (laughs) Lily doesn't chew loudly. Dude. Come on, this isn't news. Why do you think I call her Chewbacca? I assume because she's loyal, wears shiny belts, and I resemble a young Harrison Ford. Think about it. There are just some things that we can't know, right? There, there are just some things that we are blind to, that we are so close to, that, that we are surrounded by. Sometimes we are just surrounded by something, and, and, and we're so close to it that we can't see it. It's, it's invisible to us. And I think that's so important to know as we talk about building an irresistible environment. Um, happy birthday, church, and, and welcome. I am, am so excited to celebrate with you. Uh, tonight, we celebrate um, a year uh, of ministry, and, and just want to say thank you all for the amazing opportunity to, to do this and, and to be here and, and witness to what God is already doing among us. As we've been in this season, we know we're getting ready to come up on our birthday. We know we're looking forward to 2018 and what God has for us. We've been in this sermon series called One Church 2.0. What are the ways that we need to upgrade? What are the things that we need to do differently as we look forward to 2018 and, and this new year that God has for us? What are the things that we need to do in order to reach new people for Christ? Um, and tonight we're talking about building an irresistible environment, building a place that people want to come to to worship God. And, and, and there's a problem in building a, an irresistible environment. Um, there's some sermon notes in your bulletin. If you're somebody who likes to write things down, it's there for you, and, and, and you can take some notes and, and maybe take it home and, and think on it, meditate on it. Um, but your first blank is this. That's, the problem is that sometimes there is something in life that you cannot see. Uh, there is something in your life. You probably see it every day. You see it every day, but you can't see it. It's just, you know, it's just not there. You're blind to it. And if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, look in the back seat of your car. Right? Right? And look in the, look in the, what's in the back seat of your car? Now, some of you are just like those immaculate people that keep armor all in your back, you know, in your back seat. And you're like, I got like, you know, the paper towel, whatever. I don't, I I love you in Christian love, but I don't like you as a human being. Um, but look in the back seat of your car, and, and if you want to know, and, and just, you know, as your pastor, I have to be honest, you know, this is the back seat of my car. And, and you look at it, and you're like, Andy, that's not that bad. You know, just a couple of things. I got a blanket in there, got, you know, car seat, a little kid's jacket. And you say, look over in that other car seat, right? Look over in the other uh, footstool. You say, what is all that junk over there, right? Well, I'll tell you what it is. Um, 
uh, a hanger, two curling irons, a sippy cup, a clean diaper, clean, it's clean, a clean diaper, and two ice scrapers. We haven't had any ice this year, and I have two ice scrapers in the back of my car. Uh, this is stuff that, that I am blind to, right? Like, I, I was thinking about this sermon. I was thinking, okay, like, you know, what are we blind to? And I, like, opened up the backseat of my car. I threw my backpack in there every morning uh, as I go to work, and this is stuff I do not see. And this is stuff I do not see. But if I was to give you a ride, and, and if you were to say, hey, you know, like, we're going to go out to eat, you know, and, and, and you were one of those people who like to ride in the back, and you'd say, here, let me ride in the back, you would see that stuff, right? You would notice it. And that's the thing about fresh eyes. Fresh eyes see what we don't see, and they see it immediately. You, you would notice a diaper in my back seat, right? Whether it was clean or not, you would notice a diaper, or the fact that there wasn't space for you, the fact that there wasn't something available for you, you would notice that immediately, immediately. And this is something we have to be intimately aware of as we look at our goals in 2018, as we look forward to what God has for us. This is something we have to be aware of. Uh, For the last several weeks, we've been reminding ourselves, and every week we come together, we remind ourselves of our mission as one church, uh, that one church is a new community for new people seeking to change the world with the love of God. We're a new community for new people. Uh, We know that new people will be more likely to join a new community than an existing one, and so we've started a new community to say, you know what, we want to build something where where everyone's new, you know, and and we're kind of doing things, you know, and and, and we'd love for you to join us. We've created a new community for new people, and and we we are seeking to change the world with the love of God. We know that, that most people, whether they're Christian or not, believe this world needs to change. Most people, if you ask them, you know, are you content with the way things are right now, they would say no. You know, I, I think there are some things that are going on that are just wrong, and I think we need to do something about it, and, and, and we agree. And so we've created a new community for new people seeking to change the world, and we believe the best way to do that, the best way to do that is with the love of God, is with the love of God. But here's the thing, if we're going to do this in 2018, if we're going to do this thing, then we have to create an environment that's attractive to new people with fresh eyes. We have to create an environment that's attractive to new people with fresh eyes. And, and, and if you're around church at all, you might hear that word attractive, and you might kind of balk at that and be like, wait a second, wait a second. You know, we're, we're church. You know, we're, we're not like, like glamour shots or whatever this is. You know, like we're not supposed to be attractive. What does that mean? This is like an age-old debate of whether or not the church is supposed to be attractive or, or missional, a, a, attractional or missional. And, and, and as we enter this debate, we look at what these two terms mean. What do these two terms even mean? Well, Attractional looks like this. Come and see what's happening at church. Uh, we would call this event, this thing, attractional, right? You know, like we're having a birthday party. There's going to be, you know, like a, like a Superman and Belle, and we're going to have balloon animals, and it's going to be like this awesome time. We're going to have cake. This is, this is attractional. We hope this is attractive to other people. We'd say, we'd love for you to come with us, and, and we're going to go to church, and we'll, we'll meet you there. It's, it's attractional. Like, come here to this thing. And some people say, you know, like, like the church isn't supposed to be attractional. It's supposed to be missional, you know, that's what Jesus did. He was all about mission. He was all about going out, right? Missional looks like this. says, see what's happening in your neighborhood. See what's happening at your house. See what's happening at, at my house. It's right next door. See what's happening on your front lawn. This is missional. It's out to the people. It's out there. It's happening right in front of you, right here and now. It's, it's missional. It's missional. And so when somebody asks us and says, you know, is your church attractional or is it missional? Our answer is yes. Right? Like, like, we're supposed to be all these things that we're attractional, that, 
that, that when Jesus did ministry, he, he, he sat with the, the woman at the well and he, and he told her all about her life and she went out and said, come and see this man that has told me everything about my life. She attracted others to Jesus. And then Jesus turned around and he went to the people. And he, and he went out to them and he met them and he, and he did ministry with them. And those people in turn went out and they brought others to Jesus. This is, this is who we are. We are attractional and we are missional and we are creating an environment that, that new people with fresh eyes will want to come and experience God. They will want to come and experience God in this place. That's my hope and my prayer. And so our challenge is simply to create an irresistible environment. To create an irresistible environment. And, and I have some, some steps, some, some ways to start thinking in this way. Uh, one of the ways that we start thinking is in this way is actually a quote by Simon Sinek. He says this, that, that what we do communicates what we believe. What we do communicates what we believe. All right, Jesus knew this. Jesus knew this. In the, in the Gospel of John, he tells his disciples this very thing. He says in, in chapter 13, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He says, listen, other people are going to know that you're my disciples not by you telling them, right? Not by you whipping out your Bible and having it all like marked up, you know, like, you, like you've seen those Christians, right? You've been to Bible study with those people and then they flip it open and they just kind of like happen to lean it over and just be like, do you see these highlights, you know? You notice how I got these different tabs, right? You know, and, 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 and Jesus says, listen, other people aren't going to know that you're my disciples by how marked up your Bible is or, or by, you know, they're going to know that you're, you're my followers by the love you have, by the love that you have, that what you do communicates what you believe. What you do communicates what you believe. And it looks like this, right? Like, like, if you give eye contact to another person, if somebody's having, and if your children, somebody's having a conversation and, and you're making eye contact, you're looking them in the eye and you're nodding and, and, and you're responding to them verbally and you're, and you're doing these things, if you're giving that eye contact, you're communicating what you believe about them, that you're important. You're important enough that, that I'm going to give you my attention, that I'm going to engage in this conversation. I don't have to be in this conversation. I could, I could be somewhere else, but I chose to be here right now with you. You are important. But if you're not making eye contact, if you're on your phone, somebody's talking with you, and, and, and you're communicating something completely different, you're communicating you're not important, right? You ever been in that conversation with your spouse? You know, you two are laying on the couch, and you're, you're watching TV, and you're talking to your spouse, and you just keep getting the same uh-huh over and over again, and you look over, and she's like, were you, talking, were you talking to me? And you're like, yes, yes, I was talking to you, right? Like, look at, you know, engage in this conversation. Believe that, that I am important, that this thing we're talking about is important. And if we look at the institution of a church, look at the institution of a church, what does that communicate? Look at, look at parking, right? Parking spaces, when somebody drives up into a church and, 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 and they see parking spaces available for them, maybe it's their first time there and and they say, Andy, you know, like Friday night we have plenty of parking. Well, do we have plenty of like front space parking spots? Or do all the early people take up the front spaces and now somebody else with four kids has to park in the very back, right? But, but look at the parking. Uh, just last Sunday we had people parking in the grass. But look at parking. If we have parking, we are communicating something. We're saying there's room for you. There's, there's room for you. We, we've created a space for you. 
But if there's no sparking, if they've got to hike from, from the boondocks, right? If they've got to, you know, have a pack mule in order to get to church, they're, they're communicating something completely different. We're saying, nah, there's no room for you, right? Um, once, you, once you get in here, you're just going to be just as inconvenienced as you were out in the parking lot. You know, like it's not going to get any better, right? What we do communicates what we believe. Um, in, in fact, you know, if, if, is this stuff clean? You know, is the church clean? Is your house clean? And if it is, that communicates something. We're expecting you. When is the, house, when is the, the cleanest your house has ever been? When company comes over, right? Right? You start cleaning up stuff you didn't know was dirty. You know, like, or at least I do. You know, I get told to clean up this stuff, and, and I'm like, toilets aren't self-cleaning? You know, like, I just thought that's why the water was in it. And no, you got to scrub that thing out, you know? And so, like, once a year, I go and do that thing, and I clean it more than once a year. Um, the cleanest your house has ever been is when you were expecting company. Right? When you were preparing for people to come over. And the same is true for a church. If this place is clean, somebody else is going to walk in and say, they expected us. They were prepared for this. But if it's not clean, we're communicating something, something completely different. Saying, I, I really wish you weren't here. You know, you ever gone to somebody's house that, that wasn't expecting you and, and the house was like a disaster and they walked into the living room and there was just stuff all over the couch and they had to like move the stuff over so that you could sit down? You ever felt so uncomfortable in your entire life and sitting next to the pile of laundry, you know, and, and you're like, you can see their underwear? You know, like, that, that is not, you're like, I, I don't want to be here as much as you don't want me here looking at your dirty underwear. You know, like, I don't, I don't want to be in this space any more than you want me here. Then what we do communicates what we believe, and if we're going to create an irresistible environment, if we're going to create a space for people to worship in, then we've got we've to do these things. We've got to make room for people. Because what we do communicates what we believe. And something else about this, that, that, that when we start to do something, when we start to bring guests to church, our perspective changes. Maybe you've noticed this. Maybe you brought a friend to church, and, and maybe they hadn't been to church in a long time, or you know, maybe they said, you know, I had a really bad experience at church, and you know, this happened, and, and you're saying, you know, no, my church is different. Or maybe they hadn't ever been to church, and they said, I don't even know what that's like. And, he says, Listen, it's going to be awesome. Will you just come with me? Well, when you come to church that day, you're hoping that everything is top-notch, right? You're, you're just hoping that there's somebody at the front door to greet your friend as they come in, and, and you hope that the coffee is great and, 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 and that somebody is there to say hi and welcome. We're so glad you're here. You hope the music is the best it's ever been. You hope the sermon is the best it's ever been, all because you've brought a guest and you want to be able to deliver on what you've said to your friend. That when we start to bring guests, when we start to bring people with fresh eyes, we start to see this space in a whole new way. And that's my hope for all of us, that we would start to see this space in that way to say, how is this welcoming to my friend? How is this welcoming to my neighbor or my family, these people who don't know Christ? How is this space inviting and irresistible to them? And as we look at creating this kind of space, We remember this. Number two is this, that furniture and buildings don't greet people, right? Who greets people? People greet people, right? Furniture and buildings do not greet people. Just because somebody walked in the front door and there happens to be a welcome sign on the front door doesn't mean that they were welcomed, right? Just because they walked up to a desk doesn't mean that they feel welcome there. Just because they've sat down doesn't mean that they've been welcomed. That, That furniture and buildings don't greet people. People greet people. 
people greet people. And in fact, when we go to church, when we say we're going to church, it means that we're going to the place the church is gathered. We're not going to a building. Church, it doesn't mean this thing. It means us. That, that if we were to do this thing in a school, it would still be church. If we were to do it in a house, it would still be church. If we were to do it in the parking lot, if we were doing it anywhere, it would still be church. And because of that, this building is not meant to do anything but keep rain off of us. And that if we're going to do this thing, we're going to be here and we're going to greet others. We're going to say, we're glad you're here. And that you're welcome in this space because furniture and buildings don't greet people. People greet people. And in Jesus, in his own life and time, he, he's doing ministry. And, 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 and the disciples turn to him and they say that thing we read a little while earlier, Matthew 24. Uh, Jesus was coming out of the temple and he was going away. And the disciples stopped him and, and pointed at the buildings of the temple. This was the most magnificent thing that anybody had ever seen in their time. There's a replica in Jerusalem right now of the temple and what it looked like. It was this magnificent thing. It one of the biggest structures they had ever seen. And they turned around and they said, Jesus, look at that. Like, isn't that huge? Isn't that big? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that just so cool? You're the, you're the son of God. Look at this. Isn't this glorifying? And Jesus turned around and he said, do you not see all these stones one day will be left upon another, will be thrown down. One day, he said, this temple is going to be destroyed. And what then? And he, and he was exactly right, that if you go to Jerusalem now, you can see these stones lying there. And these stones were the things that Jesus pointed at. He said, listen, these stones will be left upon another. That eventually, this building will crumble. Friends, I love this church. I love this building. But eventually, it won't be here. Will the church still be the church? Will we still be the people who continually reach out and say, you're welcome here? And with you, I want to change the world. And because of this, because the buildings don't greet people, because people greet people, we're going we're gonna to practice something. Uh, we're going to practice something. I hope you, that you remember this for the rest of our lives. We're going to practice something called the, the 1510 Connect Rule. The 1510 Connect Rule. Uh, it looks like this. That, uh, can you clear our background, Anatoly? Um, that 15 minutes before worship, 15 minutes before worship, I hope you talk to somebody that you don't know. 15 minutes before worship, I hope you talk to somebody you don't know. And, and, and it doesn't have to be people that, you know, like you don't have to know if they've been to worship before. You can just know whether or not you know them. And just introduce yourself and say, hi, and, you know, it's nice to meet you. And here's the thing about this. 15 minutes before worship, you're going to talk to somebody you don't know. But the thing is that that someone has to be within 10 feet of you. That, that someone has to be within 10 feet of you. Um, because nothing is more embarrassing when somebody runs across the room and says, Hi, the new person over there, welcome to church. It's terrible, right? Have you ever been that person? And you just keep turning around going, God, I hope they're talking to somebody else, you know? Like you don't want to be that person. I heard somebody describe it as being like food in a fishbowl of piranhas. It's terrifying. And so I hope that you'll greet somebody that you don't know the 15 minutes before worship, and I hope that they'll be within 10 feet of you. You know, and if they're not, it's okay to like nudge in, but, but within 10 feet of you, don't run across the room. You know, there's a reason they're over there, because they're trying to stay away from you. <laughs> in Christian love, right? Uh, so, so 15 minutes before worship, Greet somebody that you don't know within 10 feet of you. And then after that, 
after that, I hope that you'll connect them with someone else that you know. You'll connect them with somebody else that you know. And it doesn't have to be this, you know, this big display and just say, you know, this is, this is my friend. You know, I just, I just met this person, and, and it's great to have you here. Connect them with somebody else. The 1510 Connect rule, I hope, I hope that you'll practice it. And as we look at creating an irresistible environment, as we look at creating a space that other people will want to come and worship, I hope that we'll remember that, that what we do has to be helpful. What we do should make a difference. Paul writes about this in, in the book of Romans. Maybe you've heard this passage before. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because Christ is in your life, it will transform you. Now, what I mean by that is not that your life will get better. Not, not that you'll give your life to Christ and you'll just immediately have a Porsche. Or, you know, your bank account will just always be flush. But what I believe about that is that if you accept Christ in his fullness, in everything that comes with it, like, if you accept Christ, then, then your life will be transformed. It will be made new, that even in all the pain and suffering, there will be meaning and purpose. That there will be a direction of your life. If you accept Christ, it will transform you. That I believe that a renewed mind results in a changed life, which results in a changed world. That if we are going to make any difference in this world, if we're going to be a new community for new people seeking to change the world with the love of God, if we're going to change anything in this world, it is going to be one renewed mind at a time. It is going to be by inviting others to an environment we believe is conducive for the Holy Spirit, that we believe God is present in this place, that we believe we have an opportunity to hear from God in this place. And, and we will invite people to come in and see and experience it for yourself. And we believe through that we will renew our minds. And through that we will change our lives. And through that we will change the world. That is my hope my prayer for all of us. And so here, I hope, I hope you'll consider these your action steps. And, and, and for the last uh, several weeks, as we've been going through One Church 2.0, we've been talking about the same action step every week that I hope that you will develop three new friendships with someone in need of community. I know it's awkward, and, and I know it's weird, and, and, and I know it's all of those things, but I believe God has called us to it. And if we're going to transform anything, if we're going to change anything, it's got to be by the relationships that we have with other people. And so I hope that you'll develop three new friendships with someone in need of community. And on top of that, I hope that you'll do something to make this an irresistible environment for someone else. Maybe that means parking in the, in the back parking, or, or maybe that means cleaning up a mess before anybody else sees it, or maybe that means greeting somebody else and, and connecting them with another person, or maybe that just means making eye contact and just agreeing to be with someone and, and, and say, I'm glad you're here. My hope, my prayer is that we are in this space, not because this church meets all of our needs, not because I like the coffee or I like the music or I like the sermon, but because this place has something that is appealing to my neighbor or my friend or my family.
that I believe it's an environment for them. And I believe through my invitation, they'll be able to renew their mind and change their life and change the world. That's my hope and my prayer for all of us. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you so much that you are here, that you are present. God, I pray that you would send down your Holy Spirit, that you would meet us here, that you would transform us, that you would renew our minds, God. Lord, I pray that in these moments you would speak to us anew, that you would bring to mind three friendships that we are called to make with people who are in need of community, people who desperately need you and other Christ followers in their lives. God, I pray that you would bring them to mind, that we might be an agent of good in their lives. God, I pray that you would bless us now. Bless one church now a year old, that it would continue to be a new community for new people, and that we would change the world with your love. We ask for it in the name of Jesus Christ who came and taught us even how to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.